God comes in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. have time to honor the name of Jesus Christ. I said we always have time to honor and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Bishop Mayo. We love the Mayo family. You may be seated for a minute here. We do go back many years, way back to, what is it, Calvine and Bradshaw, right after the first building was built there, and I was a 22-year-old kid. It's the first time I ever preached there. And I walked out on the platform one night, and there was a wild man over on the left side when church started. And I hope he stays wild and passionate about Jesus Christ for the rest of his life. Sister Mayo and the family, we give honor to you. Give honor to this wonderful church here in uh, Spokane, Washington, and the tremendous job that you're doing hosting this conference. And what glory do we already feel in this house today? Amen? Praise God. Give honor to these other men of God. Uh, my goodness, I could have went home after Pastor Young finished last night and said, "I just heard from. I just heard a word, a powerful, impacting word from God for my life. I'm not going to follow the crowd in the jungle. Praise God. I'm gonna." I'm going to be what God called me to be. Thank you, Pastor Young, for that. Love them. These great men of God I'm ministering with. I give honor to them. I give honor to my beautiful wife and my daughter and my daughter-in-law that are with me. And I feel like preaching today. I feel the, I feel the anointing of God here. In this last day, I believe that God has spoken to me in this particular area of my life. I believe that he has talked to me about uh, this subject that I'm going to preach about. I feel very strongly about it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 30. And uh, again, thank you for all of the accommodations. It's just been wonderful. But I feel in the Holy Ghost today that I am going to, I'm going to champion, I'm going to champion apostolic men. I'm tired of the devil tearing down apostolic men and marginalizing manhood and 
And uh, so, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 30. I'm going to begin at verse number 12. And the word of the Lord declares, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, so they are numbering or taking a census of the men of war, actually is what's going on here. Let me clarify that out of the old English here. When thou numberest them, uh, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them. When thou numberest them, this they shall give. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered, half a shekel. After the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 jiras. And half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. Uh, when, thou, uh, when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And then... Or excuse me, and thou shalt take the atonement money for the children of Israel and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Now the title of this message this morning is the atonement Money, but I really want to show you uh, what God uh, really does with this money and and how impacting this sacrifice or this atonement that is given uh, by these men of war into the house of God. But before I do that, man, you guys have already whetted my appetite for worship. I think we ought to just lift our hands and give God another high praise around here. There's miracle power in this house. Come on, let's praise him like he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the glory. Thank you, God, that you are present with your people. You're not only present, but you're already moving in our midst, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, praise God. Please be seated. How much money was taken when the men of Israel were numbered is plainly declared. The Bible says that there were a a hundred talents of silver that was taken. And when you're counting talents, don't count a talent short. If you study this out, you will find out that a talent was 3,000 shekels. 3,000 shekels was about 1,500 ounces. So if you had 1,500 ounces of gold today, 
you'd be a pretty wealthy person. So when Jesus is talking about the one talented man, don't hang your head just because you have one talent. Because when our God and our Savior gives out talents, it means something, folks. It's very powerful. And this is almost 101 talents because there was also 1,715 shekels of silver above the 100 talents. And just a little more on the measurement, the Bible makes it clear that it was the shekel of the tabernacle because there was the shekel of Babylon. There was the measure of Babylon and their shekel was less money and their measurements were shorter and so we want to do everything by the tabernacle. We don't want our measurements to be by Babylon. We don't want to be gauging ourselves. Babylon will always leave you less and always leave you shorter than the house of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this hundred talents and 1,715 shekels of silver accounted for 603,550 men of war that were over 20 years of age. The Bible was very explicit that these were counted as men of war. Praise God. And they were over 20 years of age. Numbers chapter 1, verse 45 and 46. And Exodus chapter 38, verse 25 through 28. And the scripture is very careful in expressing how God wanted this money to be used. In Exodus 38, verses 27 and 28. And of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary. And the sockets of the veil. And hundred sockets of the hundred talents. And uh, a, a talent for a socket. And 28 of the 1,775 shekels, he made hooks for the pillars and overlaid them with chapters and filleted them, whatever filleted in the old English means. All of the silver used in the construction of the tabernacle was, deri was derived from the atonement money. Now, in the Bible, we have two memorable instances in Scripture where life was bartered for silver. We have Joseph, who his life was bartered for 20 pieces of silver. And we have Jesus Christ, where his life was bartered for 30 pieces of silver. Giving us the idea, therefore, of the price or value, especially of the soul of humans attached to silver. Now, if I were evangelizing, I would really point out that the whole range of God's salvific truth rests upon these, upon two great verities. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, and also God manifested in flesh. And I would also point out the verity or the truth of Christ's work of atonement at the cross because... There is no salvation without atonement, without covering. Sotol writes in his commentary regarding the atonement money throughout the history of God's ancient people. Type after type and shadow upon shadow reiterated the absolute necessity of atonement. And while the law prescribed commandments to obey which Israel fatally pledged themselves 
It at the same time contained abundant ritual observances which testified to man's incapability and need and prophesied of one who while they were yet without strength should in due time die for the ungodly. As a covenant of works, it was a ministration of death. But to one who was really a child of Abraham, it must have shown out like the face of Moses with a prophetic glory or doxa and have pointed onwards to the Lamb of God in whom all shadows of good things to come passed into fulfilling substance in the face and the person of Jesus Christ. This type of atonement money shows us a very important truth. Birth in flesh availeth nothing. This was already being manifested in the Old Testament. And it really was the Apostle Paul and the writer of Hebrews that brought it out that even though God used the Hebrew people to bring out uh, the necessity of salvation that there was one that was coming that was going to present to the whole world that it doesn't matter if you're Jew it doesn't matter if you're Gentile it doesn't matter if you're black it doesn't matter if you're white it doesn't matter if you're Asian it doesn't matter if you're Australian the work of God does not come by how you're born the work of God comes through the atonement power of the blood of Jesus Christ Christ. Oh, can we give him praise and can we give him glory and can we give him honor for that great powerful work? The birth and flesh availeth nothing. An Israelite could trace up in unbroken success his descent clear to Abraham if so needed. Still, it sufficed him not when it came to being numbered in the rolls of God's army. It doesn't matter if you were born in the Israelite nation. To get into God's army, you had to pay the atonement money. You had to come by the high priest, uh, the high priest, and you had to lay down the, shek- the half shekel of silver. Oh, I'm trying to, trying to hold myself, but I want to get ahead and start preaching right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. And and in fact, the Pharisees tried this with Christ when they bragged, we be Abraham's seed. Jesus guaranteed them that they were the children of Satan and their fleshly lusts. John chapter 8, verse number 33 through 37. This verifies the great salvation truth that even though Christ paid the ultimate price for all to be exposed to the availability of salvation, every man man must pay the ransom for his own soul. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And Acts chapter 2 and verse number 40 says, save yourself from this unto generation. What are you doing preacher? I'm knocking down two false doctrines right now. That you can be born into salvation. That you are predestined to be saved and predestined to be lost. That's, that's a lie folks. God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. 
All men can repent and be saved if they're willing to come and pay the atonement. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise him for that promise. <clears throat> and the second truth is that even though Christ made it available, it's up to you to work out your own salvation. It was God that gave Noah the, the plans and the schematics, but it was Noah that had to build the ark. The price was fixed by God. It wasn't fixed by man. God set the price. Each man, whether rich or poor, must bring the same amount of ransom money for his soul. One could not pay for another. The man had to bring it. You couldn't pull out of your pocket and pay for your buddy. Your buddy had to bring his own shekel, half shekel. To be counted. And you couldn't buy favors. The rich man couldn't pay more and get favors. And the poor man couldn't pay less and get favors. And the smart man couldn't find a way around. He had to pay. And the ignorant man couldn't find a way around. He had to pay. Everyone must tender his own ransom. Of pure silver and perfect weight, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary, whether poor or rich, the foolish or the wise, the ignorant or the learned, the, the immoral or the moral, all stood in the same level with God. Each person was estimated by God at the same price, for God is no respecter of persons. If you want salvation, everybody gets salvation the same way. You come to this altar and everyone repents of their sin. And everyone is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And everyone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The message doesn't change, my brother. The message has never changed, my sister. The atonement for your soul is repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh, let's thank him for that. Let's praise him for that. Another truth I want to point out in passing to you that is revealed here in this type is that salvation must be an individual, personal matter between the soul and God. Every man has to bring his own half shekel before God. One of the prevalent concepts of postmodern Christianity is that one has no action for salvation. Yeah. 
It's just a passive metamorphosis that occurs on those who are predestined to receive it. But I'm here to preach to you. If you're going to be in God's army, you got to bring your own. Nobody can do it for you. Daddy can't do it for you. Mama can't do it for you. That church, come on, I come against this entitlement mentality. Somebody said, I don't have to pray. The church will pray for me. I don't have to worship. The church will worship for me. No, if you're going to be in God's army, it's up to you. You got to bring your own. Quit waiting for your brother to pray for you. Quit waiting for your sister to worship for you. Quit waiting for the church to fast for you. Oh, come on, I feel the anointing of God. Somebody help me praise him right now. However, as pointed out by this type, each individual Israelite had to present himself to the priest, bringing with him his own piece of money as a ransom. And his name would then be entered into God's book. The Lord Jesus in John chapter 6 verse number 53 said. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man. And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Listen to me brothers and sisters. Eating and drinking is a personal matter. I can't eat for you. And I can't drink for you. If you're going to have this, you have to do it for you. I love steak as good as anybody. But me eating your steak ain't going to help you alive. You're going to have to get in this. Come on now. I'm setting the stage for what God told me to do. But when you're in warfare, you can't wait for somebody else to do it. you got to get it in your mind. If I'm going to be what God called me to be, then I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to step to the plate. The food taken in one's mouth becomes one's own and ministers strength and nourishment to the body. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ must be appropriated by each to him or to herself. Praise God. Each soul has to say of its own volition, my Lord, my Savior, my God. Mama can't do it for you, son. Daddy can't do it for you, daughter. I don't care if you're raised in the church. Somewhere you better get an encounter with God yourself. Somewhere you better get a revelation of God yourself. Somewhere... Come on, fourth, fifth generation young person. When are you going to win a soul and quit waiting on everybody else? Quit expecting the church to have revival from brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. You have to eat. You have to drink. There are many more beautiful truths from this analogy that alludes 
to the gospel that we can preach about here today. But the way that the Lord has directed me to preach about this this morning is found directly in the text itself. In Exodus chapter 38, verse number 27 and verse number 28, and of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary and the sockets of the veil and a hundred sockets of the hundred talents. A talent for a socket... 28, and of the 1,775 shekels, he made the hooks for the pillars and overlaid their chapters and filleted with them. Now listen, this is what God showed me. This is incredible when God showed me this. The whole massive framework of the tabernacle of God stood as to its foundation upon the atonement money paid by the men of war that come in. The whole foundation of God's church was built. Each man that came and paid his ransom could affirm that the very dwelling place of God rested upon the ransom money which he had paid for his soul. The whole foundation rested upon God's men. God's men. God's men. There's a church here today because of the men of that church. Now you hear me brothers and you hear me sisters. The devil has done his best to marginalize manhood in our world today. I come to preach. I'm telling you God told me to preach this. And I know I have you with me but I don't care if I have you with me or not. I feel the anointing of God and when I feel the anointing of God like this. I preach in a library. I don't care. The devil has tried to marginalize the men. Now I'm telling you, and we already heard it. Pastor Young did such a masterful job last night talking about the power of the word of God. And the power of the five-fold ministry. Which we need to hear more preaching about that in our day and age. Because in the last days, if we've ever needed the ministry and the five-fold ministry, we need men of God. And we need people that know how to submit to the man of God. But hear me, brothers and sisters. I'm not just talking about the five-fold ministry today, Bishop. I'm talking about the men of God. I'm talking about the men that come to church every Sunday morning. I'm talking about the men that get up and go to work every day because that's what men do. I'm talking about men that turn their back on the world. They turn their back on the world. They walked away from the peer pressure. They were the Abrahams to their family. They were the Abrahams 
to the generations of their family. And they walked to an older and they paid their atonement money. They put it on the altar and their name was written in the rolls of God as men of war. Men of war. Men not afraid to pick up the sword and fight. And you didn't even know it, brother. But it's your ransom money that God is using to build the church. And the devil's trying to marginalize your prayer. And the devil and the world is trying to marginalize your worship. But I come to champion God's men today. I come to preach about the importance of God's men. There wouldn't be a church if it wasn't for men that were willing to pay their ransom money. Come on, I need some men that'll worship God right now. Come on, brothers. Let's show the world how men worship God. is making spectacles out of men turning them into sissies I'm going to preach I'm going to preach what God told me to preach now I don't believe in calling people names and slandering them that's not Christian but neither Am I kowtowing to this homosexual, sissified spirit that's trying to emasculate our men and turn them into feminine, monkey see, monkey do? Come on, brothers. The whole world is going to see how God builds men. By looking at the men in the church that have paid their ransom money. Men that know how to build families the way God defines families I was reading a news report about I don't even know the girl's name I say she's a girl she's 46 years old she's one she's one of the I don't even know what they're called. I've never seen the television program because I don't have a television because real men, when they get the Holy Ghost, they get rid of their television. (laughs) 
But she's one of the, I don't know, coaches, referees or something for some reality TV show called The Voice. I know she's blonde hair because they had a picture of her. And she ha- she's single. I guess her husband left her. Sad story. But, you know, that happens quite often in Hollywood. And uh, that's why I don't want my kids patterning their life after Hollywood. <clears throat> and... Uh, I don't normally talk about Hollywood like this, but maybe up here in the Northwest, you guys need somebody to preach about Hollywood. I don't know. But uh, anyway, whoever this lady is, she's now she's she's got one of the other coaches as her boyfriend, and I don't remember his name either. He's a country singer. The only way I know him is because I've heard one of his songs at weddings. God made you for the. I don't even know the song. Anybody know his name now? You guys are scared to tell me his name. I don't remember his name. But anyway, they're supposed to be hooked up. I saw this in the news. I read it in the news. Just making sure you know that. And uh, I'm having fun. I feel God's power here. I feel that doxa. And make a long story short, she just wrote this last week. She said, I don't care if my son grows up a homosexual. And I thought, what kind of mama is that? They want to talk about, let me tell you something. What they're calling not being judgmental is being reprobate. You hear me? What they're saying, not being judgmental, is being reprobate. To be reprobate means you don't have the ability anymore to judge what is right and what is wrong. And we're living in a world that is reprobate. And God's army and God's men, they know how to judge righteously. The Bible says that judgment begins at the house of the Lord. God's men have paid the ransom for righteous judgment. God's men have laid the foundation for righteous judgment. Families, churches, churches are defined by good men. Are you hearing me? Now, now listen to me, sisters. I'll come, I'll come back and I'll preach a good message about the importance of the ladies in the church. But today, God told me to build up the men of this church. God told me to tell you men to quit being men. Uh, don't listen to the world uh, tempting you to quit being men. You just stay being what God called you to be. Uh, you just keep on being uh, what God called you to be. The onslaught of discouragement against great, wonderful, godly men who are making a difference in their world by being the man God called them to be. 
I'm telling you there's a battle to tear you down and discourage you. I don't know whether you know it or not, but that's the spirit of Jezebel that still works in this, in this world. You'll find her clear over in the book of Revelations, still trying to emasculate God's men, still trying to make eunuchs. But God said, I don't suffer that Jezebel to teach in my church. I got real men in my church that know how to stand up against that spirit coming into my church. My church is built on the foundation of real men. Over 50% of children in our nation are now born out of wedlock. This means that more than likely, over 50% of the houses in America, the father is not in the home. Young men who grow up in homes without fathers are twice as likely to end up in jail as those who come from traditional two-parent families. Those boys whose fathers were absent from the household had double the odds of being incarcerated even when other factors listen because the liberals in our world will tell you different in the educational system even when other factors such as race income, parent education and urban residence were held constant. The Journal of Research on Adolescents, 14, 9 to 14, 2004, page 369 through 997 for all of you that need citations. I'm just saying that so you know I'm not making this up. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. What can the federal government do? This is where this comes from. What can the federal government do to decrease crime and revitalize communities? Nothing. But the church can do all kinds of things to change that. I said the church can do all kind of a church that's got strong men. Eighty-five percent of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes from the same book. 85% listen to me listen carefully I, I can think of no greater champions than single mamas raising boys but I'm going to tell you something mama as hard as you try you'll never be the man in that boy's life let me tell you what you do I'm getting ahead of myself let me tell you what you do you put that boy in a church that's built on a foundation with strong boys strong men you bring that boy to 
a church that has strong men. You put, you make that boy go to a prayer room where men pray and the anointing of God falls. of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes 70% of juveniles in state operated institutions come from fatherless homes boys who grew up in father absent homes are more likely than those in father present homes to have trouble establishing the appropriate sex roles and gender identity P.I. Adams, J.R. Milner and N.A. Shrove fatherless children New York, Wiley Press I'm telling you why we got a homosexual problem it's because men are abdicating their responsibilities on teaching boys how to be men and we're leaving it to Hollywood and a godless education system I come to preach brothers I come to preach listen to this in a longitudinal study of 1,197 fourth grade students researchers observed greater levels of aggression in boys from mother only household than from boys in mother father households journal of abnormal child psychology page 23 volume 5 I could have told you that you didn't have to do all that research and spend all that money my dad used to tell me son you talk to your mama like that again and I'll take you out of this world and make another one just like you. Now hear me. Hear me brothers and sisters. I, I'm trying to close here because we, we got the man of God coming after me. And I'm going to give him plenty of time to speak the voice of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me good? Forgot what I was going to say. No, I'm kidding. We're laughing about that. But I'm telling you, gangs have realized this. And this is why they're so effective. And pornographers have realized this. And this is why they're so effective. And rock and rollers have realized this. This is why they do their best to sell their music. 
in a Pew report I read a few years ago. It's not part of this message. But I read where over 80% of all conversions in the world, whether it be Christian conversions, whether it be Buddhist conversions, whether it be Muslim conversions, over 80% of all conversions in the world occur before the age of 14. We don't have time to play around. If we're going to get these young men, if we're going to get these young children, we got to get them now. Are you hearing what the Spirit is saying? Only 13% of juvenile delinquents come from families in which the biological father and mother are married to each other, not just shacking up. Only 13% of incarcerations. By contrast, 33% have parents who are either divorced or separated, and it increases more. 44% have parents who are never married. So don't tell me your mom and dad being married doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference. It makes a difference on how they raise their children. Wisconsin Department of Health and Social Services. The likelihood that a young male will engage in criminal in criminal activity doubles if he's raised without a father and triples if he lives in a neighborhood with a high concentration of single parent families. Underclass behavior in the U.S. Uh, Barack College, 1993. Much of, yay! And I'm almost done. In fact, musicians, come. Please. Will you help me? I'll really start preaching if you start tuning me up. Much, here we go, much of, yea, almost all of what it takes to truly be a man, to truly be a warrior of the faith, is really not front page, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, post material. It's not really good conference preaching. That's why I argued with God over preaching this message today. Because what it takes to be a warrior in the faith is not front page Hollywood sensational material. Before my dad found out and caught me, I used to be in the MMA, not MMA, just martial arts. It, it graduated. And every young man in martial arts dreamed of being in the ring, holding his hands up, being the champion. But not very many young men would do what it takes. 
They didn't have the discipline. They didn't have what it takes. Because if you're going to be champion in the world of war, you've got to embrace the grind. Are you hearing me, brothers? Oh, yeah. Keep it up, Brother Hall. You gotta embrace the grind. You gotta embrace the grind. I'm sick and tired of Facebook preachers getting up posting three sentences and everybody hitting 900 likes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You see much of being a man. I'm gonna use a cuss word here. I'm going to use a cuss word. Forgive me, Bishop. I'm going to use a cuss word here. Much of what it takes to be in God's man. I'm ready. If your little kids are innocent, you better close their ears. I'm going to use a word here that nobody likes. Much of what it takes to be in a man of God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Close your ears. It's just every day. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to use it. Nobody wants it. Duty. Duty. I don't want to preach about that. It's hard to post on Facebook. Bishop Bo. I got up at 5.30 this morning and I went to the church and I prayed. It's hard to post on Instagram. Here's a selfie of me praying at 5.30 in the morning. It just don't go over. But you hear me, brother? That's the foundation of the church. That's the privilege that a man of God who's paid his ransom, that's the honor he gets. That's the revival that the church is built on. That's the revival that families are built on. That's the revival that marriages are built on. Well, let's clap our hands and praise Him. church 
because that's what the foundation of the church is built on my house shall be called a house a prayer I got some young men two of them are my sons but I got more than that they know how to pray they know how to bring it down and I was in the prayer room and I was watching and they were praying now listen the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer we kind of get it confused in the English because they use two different words in the English but in the Greek it's the same word the inner inner jail prayer because pardon me but in an apostolic church we don't pray like Baptists I'm not knocking you if you're Baptist but we're not Baptists and we don't pray like Methodists I'm not criticizing you if you're Methodist but we're not Methodists and we don't pray like Catholics I'm not criticizing you because we're not Catholics but the energetic energetic our Father who art in heaven hallowed I worship you I praise you I magnify you and I was watching and all of a sudden a little guy comes up besides Mitchell and he starts praying like Mitchell oh God I worship you come here little guy and then another little guy joins him and they're just praying and they're bringing it down come here little man and then another guy and all of a sudden I look in that prayer room foundation foundation the same way a drug pusher teaches him how to smoke a pornographer teaches him how to be immoral the men the men of the church the men the men you can't have my family church it's too many times the ladies lead off in worship but before we go any further come on brother we're going to lead this worship service for a few minutes we're going to lead these children for a few minutes help me sing you can't have my family oh no sir. 